SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live from Las Vegas, it's Cover It with Teddy Covers. Hour number two of Cover It with Teddy Covers begins right now. Let's get into it. In this hour, I will be bringing on Hakeem Prophet, Ski Prophet, talking NBA, and we're going to go team by team. Bet on, bet against. We like them in this role. We want to bet them unders when they play at a, a slowdown team. You want to bet them overs in this spot. Team by team, Hakeem and I are going to try to break down the NBA in a way that can make you money, an overview post-All-Star break. I look forward to that. But on every show, look, this is the truth about sports betting. All right? Yeah, there's tennis, there's soccer, there's golf. Yeah, there's football, there's basketball, there's baseball. But the one thing that is key, (laughs) that is king of the sports betting world, is the NFL. You know, the reason we play NFL games on Sunday. I know people know this. (laughs) This is actual fact. (laughs) <laughs> I did a research project like 15 years ago starting about the early days of the NFL and NFL and gambling. You know why NFL games start at 1 o'clock on Sundays? Because the tracks were closed on Sundays and the official word from the first commissioner, Pete Bell, was, quote, people need something to bet on after church. Okay. <laughs> the NFL has been about betting from the get-go. And when it comes to handle, when it comes to hold, when it comes to better interest, the NFL is absolutely king. Everything else is second. One thing, you know, I've been in Vegas now 23 years. And one thing that always has amazed me, to this day it amazes me, is how many people bet the NFL in Las Vegas. Housewives bet the NFL. Grandmas bet the NFL. It's insane. (laughs) You know, and when it comes to men, all of them do. All of us do. I swear. It's something about the NFL that's it was built for gamblers. It's still made for gamblers. And NFL news year-round takes center stage. So, I like to talk a little NFL on every show, even in the middle of March Madness, even in the middle of NBA post-All-Star break. You want to take a look at the National Football League. The big story this week has been all about Russell Wilson. The Bears are the rumored destination. And the thing that I keep hearing in town is like, look, you want to buy on the rumors, sell on the news. Uh, The terminology people use to describe it to me, all the money coming in on the Bears in the future market, was this is LeBron James going back to Cleveland before the market's new and you get the Cavs at 40 to 1 and 50 to 1. And obviously the Cavs, when LeBron James went back to Cleveland, made the NBA Finals that year. And then lost to the Warriors. But the 40-slash-50-to-1s on the Cavs weren't available after the LeBron James deal. They were only available before they re-signed, or the, the, the James left in free agency to go to Cleveland once again. So here we have the Russell Wilson story, where Wilson's not a free agent, but the Seahawks are clearly listening to deals. There's too much buzz about Russell Wilson right now around the league. To make us think that, yeah, this is all just smoke and there's no fire behind it. Clearly, 
there's some fire in Seattle right now. Now, I don't think that Pete Carroll's going to go. Sometimes when it's a head coach versus a quarterback, the head coach is the guy who gets shown the door. Carroll's an older coach. He's, uh, if he's not the oldest coach in the NFL, he's certainly one of them. But I haven't seen a whole lot of indication that Seattle's going to say, all right, we're going to go in a different direction in our coaching situation, which tells me, plain and simple, Wilson doesn't want to be there. He's going to be somewhere else. Now, some books here in Vegas, happened in Jersey, happened in Pennsylvania, took the Bears' futures down this past week for a couple of days when the rumors were heavy that Wilson was going to go to Chicago. So some books had it down. Some books still like 50 to 1 uh, on Chicago and still had it up. Others took it down. The Bears certainly aren't the only option here. All right. There are rumors about Russell Wilson to Denver. And I think it'd be a great fit in that offense. Boy, that'd be a nice fit if the Broncos could pull a deal like that off. I would think Denver all of a sudden goes from pretender to perhaps contender in the AFC West, especially we talk about this Kansas City team that now is, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do on the offensive line. They're basically starting from scratch on the offensive line if they cut both starting tackles. Uh, it's an offensive line that had issues down the stretch last year. And when you have a QB like Mahomes and no one to protect him, whew, I don't like the looks of the situation in Kansas City right now. So my only point there was that if Wilson ends up in Denver, your Broncos to win the division, <laughs> you know, those type of wagers all of a sudden look really good. The Jets, obviously, a possibility for Russell Wilson. If I'm the Jets, I hold Sam Darnold at least one more year. Give the guy a line, give the guy some weapons, give the guy some coaching, and see what he can do. We haven't seen much of that in Darnold's career yet. I'm hearing rumors about the Dolphins and the Panthers. And, you know, if I'm Miami and I can get Russell Wilson, I'll mortgage Tua for Russell right, right, right now. The Dolphins have a roster that's poised to win in 2021. If they have a quarterback, Russell Wilson could be that guy. Carolina, I'm not so sure. You know, that's a... I'm not going to say it's heavy rebuild mode, but it's pretty close for Matt Rule and company. I don't know that Wilson would be the right fit in that particular market. So, Bears make sense. Broncos make sense to me. Seahawks make sense to me, perhaps the most. We'll see where Russell Wilson ends up. If he stays in Seattle, I hope the Seahawks do something for that offensive line. Ski Profit coming up next right here on Cover. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Cover It continues here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sirius XM Channel 204. Stay on the grid. Teddy Covers here. And I'm bringing in a guy right now. His name's Akeem Prophet. They call him Ski Prophet. I don't even know why they call him Ski Prophet. We'll find out when he gets on the show. But what I really like about my next guest is Akeem Prophet was literally, he's like anybody else. All right? He's a normal human being. He's not a guy that grew up betting sports. He's not a guy that... Had uh, his dad was a head odds maker in Vegas, like Kenny White's dad. There's a normal guy, right, who starts betting on sports, and he kind of gets good at it. 
and he's winning money, and he kind of gets real good at it. And all of a sudden, he's quitting his job and moving to Vegas. Hakeem Prophet's a guy that's living a lot of people's dream out there. Hey, buddy, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you for the kind words, Teddy. And yeah, it's crazy to think, but here I am. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I want to get your superhero origin story. You know, when a guy comes on the show for the first time, the listeners want to know first how they got to where they are, and B, uh, you know, A, how'd you get here? And B, why on earth is your opinion listening to worth listening to? Um, so we try to make sure that you have some credibility coming into the show. So tell me about your superhero origin story, dude. You're Hakeem Prophet now. You weren't always that guy. You're just a regular guy who got good at betting. How'd you get so good at betting? And in particular, the NBA has always been your specialty. How'd you focus on the National Basketball Association? Yeah, well, for one, I always paid attention to basketball, even though I was not really interested or introduced to betting until later on in life. I've been watching basketball since I was, like, almost able to talk. So NBA was kind of easy coming to me as far as I was concerned. The hard part was learning how to bet and uh, learning how to manage a bankroll. So step number one for me was to stop parlaying. <laughs> and I know that's what a lot of people do when they first start betting, but I was doing it daily. I had success sometimes, and eventually I just got tired of winning three games out of four, and I figured I'm listening to these guys. Um, the thing I would say is just try to learn a little bit from everybody you come in contact with. I have a good friend, Ian Cameron. He said, when you stop learning, you stop winning. So that's pretty much what I tried to do. Everybody I listen to, take a little bit of something from me, including you, Teddy. Uh, you taught me a lot over the years. Well, Bobano's a good guy to get advice from. You know, I'm, I'm an Ian Cameron fan uh, as well. Uh, I didn't know you were friends with him, so that's kind of cool. But it is, it's funny. In the sports betting world, a lot of us know each other. We're like, oh, I didn't know you knew that guy. <laughs> but there's not that many of us when all said and done. You're in the business for a while. You get to know many uh, of the guys. So talk about, you know, you're an L.A. guy. And now you've moved to Vegas to do this full time. Talk about making that transition. How did you decide I'm good enough at this to quit my job and move to Vegas? Um, and when you first got here, I know you got here at the beginning of pandemic, so it's not necessarily uh, uh, a, a, a an optimal story. But talk about some of the challenges you faced as someone that had a job and bet part time, and now doesn't have a job and bets full time. Okay, so complete transparency here. I had a job a long time ago. Uh, I worked for a company named Nordstrom, and I was always in the back betting. So I stopped working there for a little bit and decided to try to pay my bills betting, and I did it for a good amount of time. The girl that I was with wasn't, in, wasn't thrilled about my decision, so I got another job at the post office, and I did that for quite a while uh, while also still doing the capping, so... It was a lot of work because, I mean, post office is very demanding and capping is also very demanding. So I didn't do a lot of sleeping, but <laughs> I'll be in there working, listening to all the shows, getting all the info, being a flyer on the wall. And um, eventually, the main thing, like, I would put my bets out there. Uh, people would see if I win or not. But tracking the bets myself and just reviewing them and seeing areas that I'm strong in, areas where I need to improve, I think that helped me the most. Uh, so between that and just learning how to manage a bankroll, um, that was a big thing for me. And as far as moving to Vegas, I um, 
it was tough. The, the, the day that I decided, I just stopped going to work for about a week or two. And I said, I'm going to take this work that I'm doing extremely serious. I'm going to see how well I do and uh, see how much, um, how much money I can make doing it. And for those two weeks, I just had extreme success. Like, my mind was clear. I didn't have to worry about all the crap going on at the post office. So I decided I'd take a leap and uh, bet on myself and move out here to Vegas. Well, congrats on making the leap. And I know, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this week is I know that there's a lot of guys out there listening that are kind of looking at your story. And my story's not that, you know, dissimilar. You know, I was managing bars in Vegas, managing bars and restaurants in back in Michigan. I was betting on sports. I wasn't doing particularly well. And then I got my butt kicked and said, if you're going to do this, you got to do this seriously. And then I did do very well. And I'm like, I could do this in Vegas. And I made the move out here. And obviously the transition, you know, the first year for me was really hard. The second year might have been harder. Um, but a couple years in, you start to learn from some of your lessons and some of your mistakes. Um, so your story, very comfortable. A regular guy, works a job, likes to bet, spends a lot of time betting, gets kind of good at it, and then makes a move to Vegas. So I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there who are listening to the show. Right now, they're like, I want to do this. What advice would you give them? Um, for one, just make sure you're, you're sure when you make that decision. But just do your homework. Like, like I said, look at everybody else. Um, take everything you can, all the knowledge you can, and just have confidence in yourself. How, you, how do you do that? You track yourself, uh, see what you're doing strong, and improve. And once you're doing strong enough, you take that leap of faith. And, uh, I mean... We've got great advice on this show. And I was highlighting a couple things that Kenny uh, White talked about in hour number one. I really want to highlight what you're talking about right here, Akeem. You said, my real improvement started when I began seriously tracking my results. And every game's in the spreadsheet and every bet's in the spreadsheet. And then you start to see patterns. Wow. I can't lay double digits. I'm not winning with my double digit favorites. Wow. Every time I bet the Warriors... I have a really good read on this team. Wow, I'm 0-8 in Grizzlies games. I'm not going to bet the Grizzlies for a while. Whatever it is, when you track your results, you see them in black and white, and you can gauge what I consider to be very important data out of those results. Talk about your tracking process, um, how you do it, what you, how you started doing it, and what you learned as soon as you began tracking and again, track, saying, oh, I'm tracking my bets is not the same as I'm for sure writing down every bet that I make in this spreadsheet. Um, you know, people say, oh, yeah, I track my bets. I'm like, oh, yeah, what did you do last March 17th? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, tell me about the, the tracking process for you. Well, initially, like I said, I just kind of just started doing my own thing, just posting my bets on Twitter and uh, learning as I went. And so I would post my bets on there, and eventually, like you said, somebody asked me how I'm doing or whatever the case is, and I just tell them however far I remember back. And so somebody, or actually I'm watching watching shows with people, and I see them keeping track of their records. And um, so I said, hey, I might as well do some of this and, and see how it goes long term. So what I did, at that time, the easiest uh, way to track for me was to use Action Network. Uh, mm -hmm. I put all of my bets on it there and uh, just followed them every single day. I did it for about maybe a year and a half. And I found 
I was better at some stuff than others. And uh, I was able to correct some things that I wasn't good at. And eventually I put started using data. I had a follower from Twitter. Um, I was lucky enough that he, he made me a spreadsheet for myself and he was tracking my bets for me. So at that point, I just continued to add my bets into the spreadsheet that he made for me. Yeah, the spreadsheet for me makes things much easier. You don't have to go to one of our competitors to track your own bets. Hakeem, we're going to start breaking down as many of the 30 NBA teams as we can get to for the rest of the hour after our brief commercial message. Stay tuned. Coverage continues right here on Sirius XM, the Sports Grade Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Cover It with Teddy Covers. Joined by Ski Prophet. Ski, how'd you get your nickname? That's what I wanted to ask you. Your name's Hakeem, right? Do they call you Ski? Like with two E's, not even with an I. Explain that nickname to me because I don't get it. All right, it's going to be challenging to explain it on this show. For the most part, it just it's not even just me. I'll say that. It's something that me and my friends call each other, and it was kind of just us wanting to do something or use a more positive term than we were used to using. So if you see me and my friends hanging out with each other, you'll hear all of us call each other Ski. Ah, so Ski and Prophet, this is the other thing that's amazing. Like, you didn't make up that name. Like, Teddy Covers a made-up name. My real last name is Savransky. Savransky does not roll off the tongue. <laughs> you know, so I use Teddy Covers. Prophet's legitimately your last name. Yeah, and that part, I got lucky. For anybody um, wanting to do what I do, uh, you can't make up your last name. I, I just happen to to get lucky with that one and maybe it was meant to be so I'm happy that I got it you can definitely make up your last name I made up mine <laughs> uh, that's actually not true Rob Vino gave me that nickname and uh, and I and I have, uh, I thank him for it to this day um, you know the Teddy Covers brand wouldn't be the same brand if uh, I was calling myself Ted Sobransky uh, like I did my first few years in Las Vegas all right We've got a bunch of teams to get through before the top of the hour. Let's go. We're looking for bet-ons, bet-against, over-teams, under-teams, teams we want in certain spots, quick-hitter thoughts. And we're going to start in the Western Conference this week. Let's start with the Dallas Mavericks. And I keep thinking that Dallas is going to be a bet-on team. I think Dallas is going to have a run in them before this year is done. But I haven't made any money with the Mavs this year. Have you? No, they haven't been a moneymaker as far as against the spread. They kind of picked it up lately, though, as far as winning the game straight up. And no coincidence that uh, Porzingis, healthy, back in the lineup, averaging, what, close to 20-8. and Jalen Brunson, he's been balling. So they're getting production from a few different places now. They're shooting the ball better than they were earlier in the year. So I agree. I think that we can make some money with the Mavs in the near future because they're barely over 500, if over 500 at all. And uh, they can't afford to drop that many games. So their team I would be buying on right now. Yeah, I, 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 I do think that defensively Dallas has enough to start winning some games and covering some points. But I think they're a team 
of all the teams we're going to talk about here in the West, they might be at or near the top of my list of most likely to go on a big second-half run. I don't think they can do a Jazz-type run, you know, or, or Lakers-on-the-road type run. Uh, but I, I do think that Dallas has that potential. What about the Nuggets? Denver has been a disappointment for most betters, despite their strong run going into the All-Star break. They, they still come out of the break uh, with a sub-500 ATS record. The bench hasn't been as good uh, this year. The defense hasn't been as good this year. Are Nuggets bet on right now or bet against team? Over, under, what do we do with Denver? Well, the Nuggets, uh, they got rid of a little bit of depth this year. And, I mean, they didn't look so good earlier here. They started to look good lately. And they're a team that I kind of want to back uh, in the near future. Jamal Murray, he's been playing more like he did in the bubble. He's averaged 29 points per game on 56% shooting. I think the past, however long Denver's been playing good, those have been his stats. And so, I would look to buy on Denver in the near future. I think that they're another team that they started off extremely slow, so they I would expect them to pick it up. And they've been covering numbers lately. They've been winning lately. I would be looking to buy on Denver. How about Golden State? It's a Warriors team that, you know, I, I, coming into the season, there wasn't a team that I was less confident in my powering number than Golden State. I had no idea. They're going to be good, mediocre, bad. And they've turned out to be mediocre <laughs> as a team. It's pretty clear they're not going to win a championship this year. There's no deep playoff running coming for Golden State. Does that make them a potential bet against team in the second half? They certainly came out of the break and got waxed in uh, by the Clippers. And they went into the break playing poorly as well. Warriors a bet against team right now? I think in certain situations they're a bet against team. I don't think you necessarily want Golden State on the road. I don't think you want Golden State versus better teams. And in general, what I think about is when they play those lesser teams, yeah, I'm willing to back them as long as you're not laying close to double digits. So I think in certain situations or certain roles, uh, you'll back or fade Golden State. I will say I think that they're going to be very aggressive at the trade deadline. I see, I watch the games, and I see Steph Curry frustrated. Um, I feel like he's doing what he needs to do, but they maybe need a couple more pieces over there. So I like to fade them on the road versus better teams, back them versus lesser competition, and I'm looking for them to be aggressive at the deadline. Good stuff from a ski profit. The next team we're going to talk about was just involved with the single biggest point spread of the year last night. Houston, obviously, is the team I'm talking about. They were 18.5-point dogs against the Utah Jazz and the Rockets. Look, they when they first made the deal and picked up uh, who was it they, they picked they picked up somebody uh, whatever they, when they made the big Jim's uh, Harden trade <laughs> they picked up somebody uh, post Harden trade for about a week Houston played competitive basketball since that time they've been the worst team in the NBA the markets the, the bottom has dropped out of the market uh, for the Rockets. They've been woeful, straight up against the spread, whoever you want to look at it. Is Houston just a bottom feeder that you continue to fade? Or is there a chance, is there some role that we might be able to find uh, the Rockets as potential money makers over the back half of the campaign? At this point, I, I have to believe that they're a fade. Uh, when they initially made the trade, like you mentioned, they, they didn't like how they were talked about by James Harding. Uh, they were kind of saying that everybody's buying in, we're good over here. And they went on that short run. Then Christian Wood went down, and 
he was he was all all of their team. Everything that the Houston Rockets were doing positive, or not everything, but a lot of the positive stuff they were doing was Christian Wood. And as soon as he went out of the lineup, it resulted in them losing every single game and not covering a single point spread. So now we're at a point where nobody's bought in on the Rockets anymore. People want to leave the team. Uh, a couple guys don't even want to play. So it's not a team that I'm looking to back anywhere in the near future. I wouldn't take anybody's money and go to the window with it. No. And, you know, there are some leagues you can make money betting bottom feeders. The NBA is really hard to make make money betting the very worst teams in Houston. They're clearly one of those teams. Let's talk about the two L.A. teams, the Lakers and the Clippers. Both have been fairly disappointing uh, of late. Neither has anything to prove in the regular season. Can we make money with the Clippers and or the Lakers? The one role that I've loved the Lakers in, I love them on the road, and I love Lakers unders on the road. That's made me money throughout the course of the first half of the season. The Clippers, I haven't found a way to make money with the Clippers in two years uh, with, the, uh, with this basic crew. And I feel like in any given day, the Clips are the best team in the NBA, but at the same time, the consistency just hasn't been there. Clippers, Lakers, either one we can make money with over the back half of the campaign. You know it. Uh, not enough consistency with me for the Clippers. Last year, we could say it's because they didn't play enough games together. People were sitting out. This year, uh, I'm not so sure. Maybe they're just buying time until the playoffs. But I felt like I saw them um, being hungry in the beginning of the year, and maybe that, that hungriness just, just faded away. So Clippers, uh, maybe pick your spots. Lakers, I think this is as low. Like, this is a buy low spot for the Lakers. They've lost two of their last eight games. When are you going to see the Lakers uh, this low as far as losing streak again? They didn't even lose three games or more, I don't think, last year. So I think that they're going to be focused. I think that they're rested. And um, you weren't getting a lot of effort uh, before the break. And a lot of those games, they also not only did they not have Anthony Davis, they were missing Dennis Schroeder, and I think he's a big playmaker. He's big on the defense. He's a big scorer. So I think he makes the Lakers a lot better. And uh, I think we'll, the Lakers are a buy-on team right now. The defending champs offer value right here, right now, says Akeem Prophet. Let's talk about a team with, uh, I don't know if their schedule is worse than San Antonio's. They're both brutal. Both teams, 40 games in 68 days over the back half of the campaign. Let's put them here together and talk about the Grizzlies and the Spurs. I like this Memphis team. But I don't know how long I'm going to like him for. You know, maybe I like him for a week. Uh, I expect him to run out of gas at some point. San Antonio, too. What do you think? Uh, well, I feel the opposite way of both of these teams as far as the Grizzlies. Um, I like what I'm seeing from this Grizzlies team. They're fairly healthy besides Jaron Jackson Jr. being out. I was thinking uh, we wanted to back the Grizzlies and there will be a bet on team when he came back. But they look like they're that right now. And you hear the quotes. I know you love the quotes that he's coming out of Memphis. John Morant saying he's got to do more. And just saying he's locked in, he's ready to go. My teammates are locked in and ready to go. So I think the Memphis Grizzlies are a team that you make money with in the near future. Uh, they've been covering numbers lately. I think they continue. And the Spurs, their schedule is tough. Um, Aldridge is going to be probably leaving the team. I, I just don't see a lot, a lot to like from that Spurs team. I think Popovich has his hands full. I would probably sell on the Spurs and buy on the Grizzlies. Sure. And I, I think that, you know, Memphis short-term, I want them. 
you know, absolutely. Next week, this week, maybe a couple of weeks. But at some point, 40 games in 68 days is going to turn the Grizzlies into dust and it's going to turn the Spurs into dust. I'm going to keep my eyes very, very, very closely attuned to those teams. And when they start to run out of gas, we'll be betting against them the same way we want to bet on them now. We got so much more to talk about here with Ski. The T-Wolves, the Pelicans, the Thunder, the Suns, the Blazers, the Kings, the Jazz. Oh, and the Eastern Conference. Stay tuned. Coverage continues after this brief message. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Cover It. Teddy Covers and Ski Profit breaking down the world of NBA betting post-All-Star break. We're literally going through team by team in the Western Conference. Talking about bet-ons, bet-against, overs, unders, the spots we like them, the spots we don't. And when you talk about the single biggest disparity between the point spread and the result of the first game after the break, that would be the Minnesota Timberwolves. They were, what, eight-point dogs in New Orleans? They won the game by 30. Is that a buy sign on Minnesota? A team that absolutely tanked going into the All-Star break. I'm not quite sure that's a buy sign on Minnesota. Uh, let's, let's not give the Pelicans that much credit. They haven't been looking that awesome lately. I think they've won, what, one of the last six games? So I'm not, I'm not excited to see the Timberwolves win a game versus them. I think the Timberwolves will be a little bit of a buy sign once they get Beasley. And uh, if they get D'Angelo uh, Russell back, one of those two guys, then I'll start to look towards the Timberwolves' way. So um, it's nice for them to get off the snipe, but no, I'm not buying right now. Yeah, me neither. Minnesota is one of those bottom feeders that I'd love to see them win a couple of games right here. Uh, maybe the markets will uh, adjust on Minnesota. I'm not ready to adjust on Minnesota off that one win over New Orleans. Speaking of the Pelicans, Stan Van Gundy squad. Uh like, you know, the guy who's, uh, I've been disappointed in the most on that team. I don't know if it's, I thought Josh Hart was was capable of doing it every night, and he's not. But Brandon Ingram was an all-star last year. And Brandon Ingram is not playing like an all-star this year. Is that what's wrong with New Orleans? Is this Van Gundy-Pelicans marriage going to work? What do we do with the Pelicans down the back half of the campaign? And you know my thoughts, Teddy. Uh, I think we've talked about this once before. I, I don't think Van Gundy is, is fitting well over there. But I did hear you say that they signed him to extension. So we'll see how that works out. But I don't feel like they either they either don't listen to him or they're just not capable of playing defense because he's been singing the same song about defense for about a month now. And we've seen none of it. The totals continue to fly over for New Orleans. And um, I can't back a team that's not playing any defense especially some of these roles that they've been put in. I definitely don't want the Pelicans laying points. Uh, I think at home laying points, they're 2-10 so against the spread. So I, I wouldn't be buying on the Pelicans. It would be a sell for me. And, of course, you know, New Orleans went on one of the most remarkable streaks in the NBA this year. We talk about sides. Utah had a pretty remarkable run. The, the Cleveland Cavs, I remember, they lost 12 in a row uh, against the spread at one point. 
New Orleans started the season, they cashed five straight unders in December. Over their next 27 games, they cashed three unders. <laughs> okay. 24 and three run to the over. And again, when a team wins 24 to 27 games, they're the lead story on SportsCenter. Everyone's talking about them. Every better's got them in their pocket every day. But when a team goes over the total, 24 to 27 games, the markets might start to notice a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's never a lead story. And it's only the people who are paying attention who get to cash those tickets. If you're riding that Pelicans overtrain, you made a whole bunch of money. Doesn't I'm not convinced, you know, what, what, once you go 24 and 3 to the over over a 27 game span, it's not going to continue like that indefinitely. OKC has been a really interesting team. I'll tell you what. For the talent level on hand, the Thunder are the best team in the league because they've got lottery, you know, lottery. They've got you know, they've got least least talent in the league, you know, right there with the teams with the least talent in the league, and yet they've had their fair share of blowout losses. But they defend, they play hard, and they find a way to put the biscuit in the baskets. You know, whether it's Gilgis Alexander or Dort or Jala, whoever. What's your take on OKC? Is that a team? that you can make money with over the back half of the campaign? Is there a role you like the Thunder in or a role you want to fade Oklahoma City in over the course of the next couple of months? Well, yeah, I've been making money with Oklahoma City for since last year. And you talk about making the most of what they have. I think you could have said the same thing maybe last year. Uh, maybe you think about it being Chris Paul, but Chris Paul's gone now. They continue to uh, chug right along as far as that aspect. And it doesn't really matter who's been in the lineup. The role that OKC has success in, you want them as road dogs where they have less or a minimum amount of rest. The reason you want them with less or minimum amount of rest is because you're going to get a good number. And like you said, they're scrappy. They're going to keep it close. And that's the role that I've had success with back since the beginning of last season. And the role that I'll continue to back the Thunder in. Don't want them at home, but on the road, especially with minimal rest, uh, they'll get my money. And, of course, uh, I, I've been enjoying betting against the Thunder at home, and then I bet against them at home uh, coming out of the break, and then it turns out Dallas decided to sit uh, both Porzingis and Luka late <laughs> on the second of active acts, and ended up being a wrong side loser OKC wire to wire in that one. That was a lot of fun uh, on Thursday night. So everyone knows about the Utah Jazz. The Jazz went on the you know, ridiculous point spread run. Uh, at the halfway point, they are the single best point spread team in the NBA. But there's another team that's right there with them that didn't have the same type of streak and hasn't gotten the same type of hype. The Phoenix Suns. Is Phoenix a bet on team? Despite their gaudy point spread record, they come out of the break and cover it again, winning and covering in Portland. I think so. I mean, I, I don't really see a reason why the Suns slow down. I feel like they have a, a lot of young guys over there. Yeah, they have Chris Paul to keep the ship steady. But I think that's their team that's going to perform well for the rest of the way. And up until this point, um, unless I'm mistaken, every single game that they've won, they've covered. And every single game they, that they've lost, they failed to cover. So if you think the Suns are going to win the game, you just bet them against the spread. It's been pretty simple and black and white thus far. I would tend to think, you get the same effort for the rest of the season. I don't see them letting up anytime soon. Yeah, I like Phoenix's depth as well. And another team that's picked up depth of late and will have more depth once their key guys come back 
the Portland Trailblazers. The Blazers were a team that were injury-riddled early on. Um, they're starting to get healthier. We expect them to get, throughout the month of March, continue to get healthier. Now, everyone's saying, like, the Blazers are going to be that much better with McCollum on the floor. Is it just me? I am not a C.J. McCollum fan, and I thought he got off to a great hot start this year, and I'm like, this is a mirage. He's not going to be there. It's not going to last for long. Is McCollum really a guy that moves the needle for the Blazers, and are they legit contenders in the Western Conference? Is there any way we can make Portland, make money with Portland over the course of the next couple of months? I like C.J. McCollum. Uh, I think he's a great player. I don't necessarily think that they're going to win with, with him and Lillard together because they're both so small and they can't really defend that well. But I think he is a big difference maker for their team because when you just have Lillard out there, I mean, yeah, he, they went on a little point spread run during the season, but we've seen a couple of teams, and the Lakers, to be specific, if you just double Lillard and take the ball out of his hands, uh, it's not many other guys you have that are going to make a play. So I am high on McCollum. The Blazers, I think they can be by on when everybody comes back if they're healthy. But it's just a matter of if they're going to be healthy. That's been the thing that's been holding them back for as long as I can remember. So Nurkic, C.J. McCollum, if they get those guys back, along with Cantor and, and Lillard and, and Trent and all those other guys, I think that they can definitely make some people some money. Well, I mean, Trent hit shots. Melo hit shots. Anthony Simmons continued to impress me. And of all the little pickups in the offseason, the Robert Covington pickup is something that the Blazers should be proud of. He's formed very well for that Portland team. I talked about overachieving to talent level with Oklahoma City. What about underachieving to that talent level? The Sacramento Kings have enough talent to make the playoffs. All right, they really do. They have Luke Walton coaching them. And they have, again, the guys that I like, guys I don't like. Buddy Heald is not a guy who I want on my team. <laughs> Sacramento? Can you make money with this team? Can they actually live up to how well that they can play? Or is the Kings team that's just going to be, you know, the the part, the, uh, the 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 sum total of the pieces is not as great as the team itself? Well, for one, Luke Walton is terrible. He was terrible yeah. as the coach of the Lakers. He continues to be terrible now. And when I look at this Kings team, I, I, I kind of don't understand how the roster, I feel like they should win more games with the players that they have. Yeah, that they weren't as healthy. But they're pretty healthy now, and um, maybe they get a little bit of confidence after picking up a, a win. So, with them being healthy, I like the Kings when Rashawn Holmes is in the lineup, and uh, he's in the lineup right now. Everybody's in the lineup. I will be looking for maybe the Kings to make some people some money. The key is when they decide to play defense. And um, when they went on a streak earlier in the season, it was for that exact reason. They're a bottom tier defensive team, and they couldn't cover a number. Then they started to play defense. They became top 10, and they started to win games. Now they're back at the bottom of the barrel. So I think that they can pick it up now that they're healthy and start to cover some numbers. Yeah, I mean, you and I have the same basic thought on Sacramento. You look at that roster, you say, it's a playoff team, you know? And then you watch them on the floor, you say, not so much. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Luke Walton, for giving me another team to bet against, just like you did when you were in L.A. One last team in the Western Conference that we have not – discussed to my satisfaction yet, Ski, and that would be the Utah Jazz. And the Jazz, of course, had a truly remarkable point spread run in the first half. No letdowns, no flat spots, no tripping up on the roads, no problems on the back-to-backs. They're deep. 
They drain threes. They play defense. They've got multiple superstars, multiple all-stars. But they've also been the point spread story of the first half. <laughs> Is there any value right now with Utah? Can betters, if they say, I'm going to bet the Jazz in this role or in that role, is there any way that there's still money to be made at this stage of the campaign with a team like Utah? No. <laughs> I think you're about 20 games too late. Uh, you're now seeing point spreads close to, what, 20 points? So the Jazz, they're not going to cover forever. And they're looking good so far. I just, I think the market, like you said, when you have a team consistently beating you against the spread, the markets are going to adjust. When it's a total, uh, you can maybe get away with it. But at the second half, uh, I think it starts to catch up to the Jazz. And I'm I'm not high on the Jazz in the playoffs either. They can be number one for right now. But we'll see when playoff time comes. Yeah, they're a team that, in a sense, they remind me of Philadelphia. A, a team that has a lot to prove in the postseason. Not that much to prove necessarily here in the regular season. Like the Jazz, or like the uh, Lakers and the Clippers who we talked about earlier. Hakeem, we're not going to get to the Eastern Conference. We're going to have to save that for next time that you and I talk. But I'll tell you what, that was some good deep dive on the West in the NBA. Uh, tell folks out there how they can get a hold of you. Give them your Twitter handle. Give them your website. Uh, 30 seconds. Self-promote, my friend. Uh, well, thanks for having me on. I enjoyed talking with you. Uh, look at that. We, we talked so much, we didn't even get to the other conference. But you can find me on Twitter, at Ski Profit. All of my work is there. And... Um, just thank you for having me on, Teddy. Hey, pleasure mine. That's Ski Profit with two E's. It's not an S-K-I. It's an S-K-double-E. So, uh, great stuff, my friend. I appreciate it. Let me get, I, I, we do still have a few seconds left. What's the one bet on team in the Eastern Conference over the second half? No pressure. The Miami Heat. They're still barely above 500. They're fairly healthy. They need to win. They're like the Mavericks. They can't afford to let games slip away. They've been winning games. They've been covering games. I think they continue to be a bet on team. Great stuff from Ski Profit. Thank you so much. And best of luck this weekend and beyond. I want to wish you, our listening audience, best of luck. But stay tuned. Coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. And, I mean, a loaded show. I really hope that you guys were able to get some solid info over the course of the last two hours. Kenny White talking about how to approach the big dance, the teams that offer bet-on potential, the teams that he doesn't think is going to go far. Loyola, Chicago, the Ramblers is being legit. Lots of good stuff from Kenny White. If you missed any part of it, of course, you can go back and check out the archives. You can check this out podcast style. Any of your favorite, uh, wherever you like to download your podcasts, you can download Cover It with Teddy Covers each and every week. And of course, in hour number two, we had Akeem Prophet talking mostly Western Conference NBA. 
We went through team by team, talking about the roles that we like various squads in, the roles we want to bet against them. And again, if you missed any part of it, check out the podcast version. Hakeem said he likes the Miami Heat as the bet on team in the NBA over the second half. And I don't disagree with that. But I'll tell you what. (laughs) You know, when you look at that Eastern Conference, I look at Atlanta showing a will to win right now. I look at Brooklyn as being a team that the markets just haven't gotten right. I look at the Hornets as a team that has been basically an undervalued commodity for extended stretches. I look at the Bulls getting healthy right now. There's some interesting opportunities in the Eastern Conference and a good handful of teams that I think might be worth riding for more than a game. In the NBA, I like to find an undervalued commodity and ride them for a week, for two weeks, for a month. There might be some teams like that. We talk about Atlanta and Charlotte and Chicago, teams that have been way under the radar and teams that are not considered serious contenders. The smaller market squads without the marquee superstars continue to offer value even when they win for a while. I know the Bulls aren't small market anymore, but or anymore. The Bulls aren't a small market team, but it's not like you see Chicago on TV every week. That's going to wrap it for this week's edition of Covering. We'll be back again next Saturday right here on Sirius XM Channel 204. Stay on the grid. Oh,